0: Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we are, 20 some odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John Landis, and maybe a special guest or two. And we're going to make our friend Michael Poli. Watch one episode of Buffy week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Alright, welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. We're going to get real this week with Season 5, Episode 2, The Real Me. I'm your host, Certified Monster Expert Dennis St. John, and we have special guest Audrey from Instagram, at Zinderella.
1: Hi! Thank you for having me again.
0: We're really happy to have you on.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, people uh, may have uh, uh, remember Audrey from uh, the H- from Hush, and uh, what was the other episode?
1: <laughs> the dorm roommate episode. I forget ah. the title of that one.
0: <laughs> You're a frequent guest of the pod now.
1: Yay. Uh,
0: and uh, now we're gonna have the rest of the crew introduce themselves from uh, tallest to tall to shorter than their siblings.
2: Uh, i'm taller i'm travis i'm taller than my brother
3: i'm john i'm taller than my sister i'm michael the virgin i've only seen up to up to season five episode two and i am taller than my sister
4: all right you're all taller tall people
0: <laughs>
4: it's the tall people podcast dennis are you taller
0: no my brother shorter? my little brother is taller than me <laughs> my
1: younger sibling is taller
0: than me Smollies versus tallies um. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start with reactions to the season four uh, catch-up episode we did.
4: Audience reactions.
0: <clears throat> so we're gonna start with uh, <laughs> uh, Twitter reactions. Uh, Rich at Dingo Action says, um, "John's reference to that old, to the old Pepto commercial, deep cut." I don't know what he's referring to.
4: What you is that obviously from? made a reference. Apparently I did. I don't remember. I don't. I can't even, is he talking about Pepto-Bismol? Yeah, I guess. I can't even think of a Pepto-Bismol commercial, but apparently I did once on the podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Rich. Yeah, paying more attention to my words than I am. <laughs> uh, at Ren and Oz says, um, whilst I have season four ahead of season one in rankings due to the really good comedy, I think its biggest flaws are that it's Riley-centric, it's a Riley-centric story exploring issues Buffy's uh, characters and show have already explored. The other issue was the arc detailing out of control. Um, and uh, now we're gonna get into the most, one of the most controversial opinions of our wrap up. Olivia is very clearly in her 30s. What are you smoking over there? This Giles hate is too much for a, from a certain co-host. I feel like this is a hangover from Helpless. But that is my read. Also, Travis is overstepping with these predictions. Tut, tut. Why did you heart these? <laughs> they are <laughs> <were> really funny.
2: <laughs> I'm not in control of this Twitter account. And Dennis is hearting these very,
0: these comments. So, uh, Silver Spike says, uh, terrible story concept? Seriously? What show are you watching? LOL. Remember the whole story arc had to shift gear right at the last moment due to actress uh, playing Maggie Walsh wanting to leave and when it came and when it comes to the uh, final all I can say is Mike should go and watch Passion of the Nerds uh, non-spoiler breakdown of Restless. I love season four in my opinion. It's the season with the most humor in it. Um, as for Giles dating Olivia oh for God's sakes she was a grown up woman not a little girl. I think your issues with this season are really nitpicky. Sorry. Um <laughs> Uh, Geraint, uh, Thatcher says, um, Lindsey Krauss really, uh, leaving really fucked this, up this season. Uh, Riley was a poor love interest, especially when you compare him to Angel or somebody else. Um, Anonymous says, uh, whatever was happening behind the scenes, it doesn't change the fact that the final product was very flawed. And even if Lindsey Krauss hadn't left, the initiative was, uh, still really goofy. I mean, why was this all happening on campus? Why were they hiring psych TAs to be mindless soldier types? Riley would have been better served as a research assistant. I like, still like season four for some of the individual ups, but the overarching plot belongs in season one. <laughs> um, Anonymous also says, Giles is ageless. I'm okay with him dating younger women. Uh, Shelly Bowers over on Facebook says, I absolutely love some of the individual episodes, but the overall, overall arc of the season was weaker than the other ones. So a lot of strong feelings about season four and about Giles dating Olivia.
1: (laughs) I liked Olivia. I don't think there's any problem with it, but that's, that's just me.
2: Well, my my recommendation is that you get on Twitter and you write something somewhat mean about me at, at the Twitter account and Dennis will like it and heart it and read it out loud next week.
4: As, as I recall, this was not a, a controversy on the show. It was a three to one. One person had an opinion and three people are like, what are you talking about? And then the entire Internet, as far as our podcast is concerned, also yes. says, what are you talking about? So this is just a Travis issue. This is, not a, this is not a two sides of
0: a controversy I was thinking Trav, you're you're perfectly welcome welcome to come on Twitter and defend yourself but you gotta come on Twitter. It's
3: newfangled.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Uh I mean it's really like what would Giles think of Giles, you know?
0: Hmm. I it's think a... Giles would tell people to mind their own bloody business. <laughs> Uh, he'll also
3: uh... not be defending himself on twitter
0: <laughs> that's true okay. uh, let's move on to the summary
3: the summary dear diary this week i got introduced to dawn who everyone says has been buffy's sister since the beginning of the show i know they're lying to me dawn is weird There's definitely something going on with her, but only the crazy guy in Sunnydale knows what I mean. She's not real. I know it won't be resolved for a few episodes, so I'll have to ignore how everyone on the podcast chooses not to talk about it. And in this episode, everyone's a little too reckless, and by that I mean Dawn, Harmony, Buffy, the former owner of the magic shop, and Xander. While Giles is discovering his new why as he becomes a store owner, Dawn invites Harmony to the house and almost gets Xander killed. And Buffy is such a shitty older sister, she doesn't take Dawn's danger seriously until she gets kidnapped. Thankfully, Harmony's bad at leadering, and somehow Joyce doesn't find out, so there are almost no consequences for anything that happens in this episode. Buffy TV Diary, you're the only one who understands. P.S. I like Riley now. Sincerely, the Virgin.
0: Aw. <laughs> Good summary, Mike. Alright, let's uh let's compare great lines from this episode. <laughs>
3: Great Lines.
4: My favorite line in this episode, I really like uh, Giles' like real estate speculating, where he's like, uh, i bet the death rate keeps the rent down. I feel like that is exactly how I shop for apartments, where I'm always <laughs> like, where's a, where's a neighborhood where I can definitely afford the rent? Ah, I bet the death rate in this neighborhood keeps the rent down.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a joke we can't make, but you can make, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's rough, man. Uh,
2: I had two from uh, that I really liked. One was Dawn, and she's doing her her monologue, her uh, her voiceover, and she says, "Oh, scary vampires! They die from a splinter," which is a great way for like a kid to like rationalize how not how killing vampires is not cool, um, but when it's totally cool. And then uh, just a few, just a little bit later, uh, uh, Buffy and Riley are talking, and Buffy's like, I can't hang out with you. And Riley goes, Slayer training. Buffy says, Slayer shopping, but just as important. This is a great comeback.
3: Uh, Lando, can you take Xander? So I just love this little like fun board game interaction Uh, where Anya, they're playing life. Anya's like, oh crap, look at this. Now I'm burdened with a husband and several tiny pink children, more cash than I can reasonably manage. That means you're winning. Really? Yes, cash equals good. Ooh, I'm so pleased. <laughs> Can I trade in the children for more cash?
1: <laughs> that was this really was... funny.
3: Oh gosh, that was such a fun scene. I I can't imagine Anya and Xander babysitting being fun, but they made it fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Anya's so quirky, and then you have that whole new third wheel of, like, Don being so enamored with Xander, and then so annoyed with Anya because, you know, little kind of puppy crush. Puppy whatever you want to call it.
0: <laughs> uh, Audrey, do you want to do yours?
1: Yeah. Um, so, I liked two little one-liners um, when Giles was in the magic shop, and... He says, what kind of unholy creature fancies cheap, tasteless statuary? And then, poof, enter Harmony. So, that was a great, great reveal and really fun. Then uh, at the end, when they're back in the magic shop, and Buffy <laughs> made the comment, most magic shop owners have a life expectancy of a Spinal Tap drummer. <laughs> and that totally made me giggle because um, I, I love Spinal Tap. So.
0: That was a good one. I almost put that one down. Uh, I had, um, when uh, Harmony confronts uh, Buffy, so, Slayer, at last we meet. We've met Harmony, you halfwit. (laughs) (laughs) Never let the truth get in in the way of a good line. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, let's move on to the kill count. Uh, I counted two humans because I'm counting the census taker, because that's what the census taker would want. And uh, four vampires. (laughs) Sorry, I love a good census joke. (laughs) Thank you, John. (laughs) All right, let's do Weird Noticings and Trivia. Weird Noticings.
1: Uh, I just wanted to comment on the stunt lady at the very beginning, before the opening credits, that she oh, that one handed stand on a log was really impressive. I have friends that try to do acrobatic stuff. And that's really hard. Look at those muscles.
0: <laughs> yeah, good call out. Um, I wanted to ask where does that opening scene even take place? Like we've never seen that location. And with the slow mo, it like feels like a dream sequence. It is weird.
4: I I did like pause it and look at the scenery there, try to figure it out. It's definitely somewhere on campus. That's where the, like the, the, the gymnastics team trains. Cause they've got like the pommel horse and like, there's a, there's a container labeled chalk for like chalking your hands.
0: Uh,
2: It's the matrix. I mean, I don't even know why this (laughs) discussion, it's totally
0: the matrix. I actually like the reason I think it's a dream sequence is spoilers for another episode, but like, um, I'll bring it up in another episode.
3: Okay. <laughs> but
0: because it's like bringing, whole... adding to the like surrealness of this season, of like everything since the dream episode.
3: Wait, are they still in the dream? Shit. Okay, that's
0: my prediction now. <laughs> oh
1: no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was that cheese on the wall. You pointed that out, Mike. Yeah. I definitely
4: uh, um, felt like it was an Empire Strikes Back homage, with uh, you know, because uh, that's totally what Luke Skywalker does. He balances on one hand, and there's rock stacking going on, and uh, Giles makes a great Yoda.
0: <laughs> he does make a good Yoda, which I
4: guess makes Don R two D two.
2: Don would be somebody else. It'll also, I, like how Giles is like just so breathy and just really quiet when he's talking to Buffy. It's like, what is he even really saying? It's like, Giles, come on, man, speak up a little bit. I had to like turn my television volume up. <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't see any scars on Buffy's neck and she has fresh wounds. I mean, if, if there was ever an episode where you should still have like healing
4: scars, uh, Travis, take a yeah. look at the bottom of the document. Uh-huh. Uh, the third screen cap there. Uh, if you, uh, Zoom open. in, enhance. Yep. Oh, I see a scar there. Yep. Yeah, yeah her right scar is nose. actually
0: like super visible. This this Oh, episode. I didn't see it
2: in the opening scene. So maybe I stopped looking.
0: Uh at the end of the second act before Don gets kidnapped, uh the outfit she's wearing there, her scar is super visible because it also has the two marks from Dracula on it.
2: The scar is yeah, well, some right. reason it wasn't in the opening scene, so
0: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe because the opening scene's a dream but thanks for bringing up scar watch i was going to type a scar watch and then i didn't have to uh
3: i was really happy with riley this episode he was like the coolest version of riley ever like as a cool boyfriend it's like you can change your schedule any way you want and i don't i just want to be with you baby like (laughs) i think having been this boyfriend before which is the completely flexible no life of his own just wants to be a girl boyfriend i'm like i know this guy
0: (laughs) I like. Uh, I was like, "Where does Riley even go when Buffy makes other plans? Like, he just walks <laughs> out the door and ceases to exist, basically." Uh, he's <laughs> just he's got a, nothing else going on. He's just uh,
3: sleeping, you know, beneath the bench or over you know, by <laughs> her place
0: <laughs> until Buffy needs me. Um, Audrey pointed out, but we skipped over that. Uh, uh, Don is in the opening credits, um,
1: which I must say that like really freaked me out. When the first time I saw the episode, I remember being a first-time viewer and being like, "What? What is this girl in the opening credits? What's going on?" <laughs> so I wondered if Michael noticed, even noticed that she was in the opening credits.
3: <laughs> uh, actually, I skipped the opening credits. What? I just <laughs> ten seconds forward. Ten seconds forward <laughs> so I totally it. No, yeah.
0: never skip the opening Couldn't credits. Do that, Michael.
3: We all judge. should know that by now. But I'm like, ah, they're not going to do anything else. They've done all the things. <laughs> it's it's even more interesting given that uh,
4: Tara and Anya are not in the opening credits.
1: Yeah. And no Tara, no Anya, but Dawn? Yep. Uh.
4: Is Mark Blukas still in them? I think so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because they, they they started using the shot from under the table with the gun from wrestling. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: Which is a crazy shot. Looks cool. Most important thing in television. Looks cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, why don't you do some zooming in and enhancing?
3: So there's this wonderful scene in the kitchen, which actually
4: I love. It's really good prop work, actually, where the, uh, there's this little like ballet around the milk and running out of milk. And you can see the like conflict over the milk coming and it doesn't really go anywhere except for like a dirty look. And yeah, it was it's just good family so choreography. Much, so much about the relationship with that little milk ballet. As part of it though, there's this cereal, uh, which is called Sunshine Crisp. And if you zoom in on the uh, edge of the box there, you can see Sunshine Crisp has printed a joke of the day. Would you all like to hear Sunshine Crisp's joke of the day from the cereal box? I would, more than anything else. Two penguins are sitting in a bathtub. One of them says to the other, can you please pass the soap? And the other one looks at him and says, what do I look like, a radio? So. so, which is, it's awesome that whoever was the, you know, paper prop designer just snuck that in or put that in. They needed some filler text, I guess. I don't know. It was awesome. This just awesome that it's there. I Googled this. And according to, like, Yahoo Answers, not in relation to Buffy, but just, like, this joke, right? Uh, apparently, this joke exists uh, as, like, a trap that you set for your friends or people you're not really sure you want to be your friends where you tell this joke and if somebody laughs at it, it proves that they're too eager to please you, or they're too—they they, want to be in with you as a friend too much, and that they're lame. So it's a wow. trap set for
0: people. I just laughed at it. Uh, yep. <laughs> so like, either your
4: I friends know. appreciate absurdism,
3: or they are sycophants.
0: Wow, uh, what a douchey thing to do to your friends. <laughs>
3: so. Yeah. Would you like to join the Pen Fifteen Club? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I- I hate friendship tests <laughs> or like relationship tests <clears throat> and like there's, it's like a subcategory of things <clears throat> that I'm sure like all showed up in teen magazines as dumb ideas made by adults that kids would do. And then kids totally did them. If you want to know uh, if someone's really
4: your friend, see if you can get them to watch every episode of a TV show.
3: <laughs> uh, maybe they'll be my real friends. I hope they'll
4: <laughs> hope they like me. Uh, speaking of zooming in and enhancing Giles new car, uh, <laughs> it turns out it's a 1987 BMW 325i which i don't know anything about cars but i did discover the imcdb which is the internet or the yeah the internet movie car database oh nice which is a website that just tracks cars in movies and if you want to like index which movies use a particular like make and model and year of a car they've got it all figured out and i also learned this crazy thing about the the license plate Apparently the license plate is, it's sort of like a five, five, five number is that there's certain license plates that get reused over and over again. And California has specific license plates that they don't mint real ones of because they're for movie cars. Oh, so like any California license plate that has, it's like a Q or a G in
0: like the third letter or something like that is not a real license plate. I'm glad we had you to go, uh, to go down that rabbit hole for us. <laughs> Uh, I just know the car had nice wheels.
1: <laughs> the rest of it's good, too.
2: <laughs> the audio is actually out of sync in that car scene. So we can feel better about our audio <laughs> if you watch that car scene after Don after Don changes the radio station and Giles yells at her. His audio is not in sync with his lips, at least on the online version.
3: That scene gave me anxiety because I was concerned about whether or not Buffy and Giles had a real relationship I'm always concerned about that when they're alone <laughs> together. And I'm like, oh, Buffy made a joke about Giles. They're going to be fine. But I'm uh, like, this is weird. And then with Dawn in the back, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> also, how how thin-skinned is Giles that he's,
2: like, demanding respect? Like, literally saying, you need to respect me. I mean, how thin-skinned is that?
0: <laughs> I've totally done what Giles did in that in that uh, scene, though, of, like, trying to shift on an automatic like after you're used to an automa- after you're used Ooh. to a manual, <laughs> like ah, yeah, Giles' problems.
3: Um, so I love the crazy guy acting outside the magic shop. The crazy guy that kind of like just approaches Dawn and says like, "You don't belong here," and like other weird stuff about cats and like closets and whatever it is. Like that's just a crazy like confrontation, and the Dawn's terror is so real uh it's fun i mean we've all had these interactions and i feel like they captured the you and a crazy person uh relationship so well uh i love that also i love it because it lets me um immediately get access to pre- predictions about Don. so by uh, by looking into it so i'll
0: we'll get to that later yeah what's going on uh i'm very impressed with willow's ability to inventory an entire story in an entire store in like a minute the inventory was already done
4: she picked up a binder
0: no she but she's able to be like one book is missing (laughs) from an entire store that's been oh yeah i guess you're right yeah okay
3: (laughs) and the little like unicorn you know she was just like oh this one it was priced at this that's what's missing like no store has that clear a database in paper (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that
0: says where we are in the hey maybe but yeah, it would like it would take somebody who was working at that store like hours to inventory what was stolen right
1: well he probably had a lot of free time on his hands and was very ocd meticulous about his inventory <laughs> you know how many tight. more how many more unicorn statues do i need to order from thailand oh let's just keep this one see if it works out
4: or not or maybe brad the vampire is ocd and when he stole the 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 unicorn for harmony he like marked it off the list because he felt
1: the need
0: yeah taken but not paid for (laughs) (laughs) i wondered if uh brad the vampire like had a reference in like a previous season because harmony talked about a lot of guys like if if that ever came up but i was not about to do that research Travis.
2: oh yeah harmonies is the name of the episode in the episode so it's always like a point it's a a bingo point
0: i think uh i just wanted to briefly talk about the tara willow scene and like first like that tara is not sure is saying she's not sure she wants to like join the scoobies and willow doesn't really hear that at all instead just talks about like having her join and like creating initiation rituals but isn't listening to the like i don't know if i want to join your group um and uh Tara bristling at the, you're one of the good guys comments.
1: Yeah, that was really well done.
3: Yeah, it's a really good relationship scene. Do we pull that out for questions or themes? Maybe a little bit, but yeah, that one's really well put together.
4: I, yeah, Amber Benson's acting, though, in that moment where she's like, you're one of the good guys, and she just sort of like gets skin crawly for a second. Is It's, it's yeah. really good.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a couple different reads on what that could mean, uh, but we're, we could talk about that. I don't know in season 7 wrap up got it
3: <laughs> uh so is the ice cream gag on Don's face when they're playing games does that feel like too much yes cuz the, the i think it's just too much ice cream like the gag is good the joke <laughs> is
4: good like the her like image of herself versus what she's actually like is is a great character moment but there's just literally too much ice cream to where it's not believable like it's
3: like dripping
0: yeah, yeah. you would notice that much ice cream on your face yeah <laughs>
3: Unless you're so enamored of someone, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It like it they hit the gag so hard that it was too much. Like it didn't. I don't think it would take much ice cream to be embarrassed about it.
1: At like thirteen, fourteen, I think Dawn's supposed to be fourteen. I would be so highly aware of anything <laughs> on my face like that, especially sitting next to puppy crush person. So.
3: And they do it so well with like her showing up to see Xander when he, sh- when he like comes to the door, like she's overdressed, you know, and like so excited. I mean, they do it so well that I was just sad because that guy just got punched too high, but it's just like an interesting note, you know, for TV stuff. Like, eh, tone it down. Maybe in theater, like if this was a play, it'd be like, <laughs> well done. nah ha ha. But uh, for a film, no, thank you.
2: Well, I used to have to play in like 20 inch televisions and 24 inch televisions and.
3: Right. The theater of televisions. <laughs>
0: Yeah, people could barely see what was going on. Yeah, it was worse than theater. <laughs> it was
3: blurry AF. <laughs> well, never mind. I want a more something more nuanced than the world needs.
2: Buffy sounds so much like a mom in this episode. I don't know. She's just like really momming it up, and and I mean, even more than just like a ki- her kid sister. Like I feel, I feel like it's like way overbearing. But um, I mean, it it was. It's totally like a fun twist that Sarah Michelle Gellar gets to gets to do that. So I, I really like that. Um, and then I thought that the the four minion vampires were always in vamp makeup. I think if I remember correctly, yes. they, yeah, they were always in vamp makeup, which is like a fun twist to like show that like they're really not in control of anything. Like I think there's a couple different reads. One, so you just know that they're just vamps, like you're kind of dehumanizing them. And two, like they're not very good at being vamps, maybe. That's what they're saying. But I'm sure there's more reads on it than just that.
0: Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, I think it's just to visually recognize them as vamps and like, it, it kind of is bringing it back to that, like season one vamps and vamp face thing. All right.
1: Which I, I, without giving away any spoilers at all, I was super excited this time watching it because it was the first time I noticed uh, an actor named Tom Link, who is, you know, Maybe going to be hired again at some point for something, who knows. But uh, I've seen him in other shows, other Whedon shows, Whedon movies and stuff like that. So I thought it was really cool that I that I could spot him out. <laughs> and I would never noticed him before.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's friends with uh, the wife of Jason Cooper, who's been on our show once before. So I want to try to get him on at some point, but I don't know how strong that connection is, but I did hear that he hated the makeup for this episode <laughs> uh, through through uh, Annie. so <laughs> heard that like it was very uncomfortable makeup. Not that that's a surprise. It doesn't look super comfortable.
1: Well, and uh, they were in the makeup the whole time, so that's probably a lot of hours of wearing it. I mean, I what monster makeup sleep.
3: looks comfortable, right? It all looks kind of rough.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right.
3: I've had a little bit of monster makeup where like a prosthetic got done in my face so I could have um, <clears throat> an eye removed, you know? And like, mm-hmm. it was that whole process of a prosthesis on your face. It's like worse than going to the dentist. It's so uncomfortable and you have to be cool about it. And then getting it installed or whatever, installed, you know, sitting in a chair <laughs> with someone does that stuff to you. It feels gross. I don't like being, having my face touched those ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when we did um, the zombie movie, uh, uh, Dream of the Dead, I, I didn't even wear a prosthetic. I was having wax put build up on my face, and that like itched like crazy. All right. Uh, so this is two episodes in a row where the main villains are vampires, uh, which we haven't had that in a long time. It reminds me of uh, the beginning of season four, where we had
4: uh, who's the uh, vampire there? Sunday, Sunday. we have Sunday and uh, just this idea of like, it's a level one villain, right? Harmony is barely
0: even that, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's by the way, it's so good to see Harmony return. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's so much fun.
2: I can't believe the magic box had a how to kill a slayer book for sale. (laughs) You know what? We didn't really get into how that's just not cool. Like it was a dumb move to have. (laughs) <laughs> it's like so disrespectful to the Slayer who saved the town and has tried to save the magic box on a couple different occasions, if I remember correctly.
4: Information wants to be free, Travis. You can't censor this knowledge. I mean, it's like it's like
2: gun running. I mean, did they sell like heroin? I mean, like it just feels like it's like morally bankrupt.
4: There
0: we go. I mean,
2: the yeah. person well, died.
0: Don also points out in her diary that like if this town wasn't so lame, everybody would know who Buffy is. Yeah. Um, so I know. We haven't like really talked about Don's.
2: Now john's monologue which is, has so many great bits to it we haven't talked about it really
0: uh i like the unicorn staking uh it's always fun to see an unusual staking it's a good callback uh, and i want to see the scene giles refers to of him watching passions with spike i imagine it's when like spike was tied up in the bathtub mm-hmm. i think that could be a good like two-page comic right there i
4: looked up uh, passions no longer is on the air oh no it's it only ran to like before. 2007.
2: Yeah. It was a supernatural themed soap opera I think that ran on NBC It had witches and curses And all kinds of stuff I saw Passions in real life uh, I'd watch those episodes
0: Because <laughs> it was quirky It was a quirky soap Alright, I think that's it for uh, Weird Noticings and Trivia uh, Why don't we move on to Questions for the Group Questions for the Group
4: Okay. So, uh, people of the podcast, did you have an angsty teenage diary?
3: I know the answer to this for some of you. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So I I brought one of them. So I have one. It's full of anime stickers. I don't know if you can see them. (laughs) Nice. Oh, DVZ. I'm not, I don't want to read from it because I would be personally mortified, but I just want to let you know that it includes, um, what sounds like song lyrics ripped off from Smashing Pumpkins, tragically hip. And also, I have a schedule of The Movie Giants concerts I want to see coming up uh, that I wrote down because that's what you would have done. Um, but yes, but I cannot read this. However, I found this is amazing for lyrical inspiration when I want to get into character because it's so cringy. It makes me, reminds me of what emotions are. Um, <laughs> it's <been> very helpful <laughs> to write music
0: emotions which i don't feel anymore <laughs> <laughs>
3: i don't feel those teen emotions which are like here's the simplest version of me let me get back into that and then i'm like oh yeah there we go that's who i really am the real i me. had
1: a i had a lot of false start diaries like like i'd get a diary for christmas or whatever or i'd pick one out and i would fill in like the first two or three pages i tried doing like dream journaling and i just a lot of it never panned out the only thing that really stuck for me is just drawing in sketchbooks doodling writing notes in sketchbooks and i guess i kind of do more diary style in my sketchbooks now as an adult which is weird but cuz it never was a thing i went i was interested in as a kid
0: yeah i had a similar thing like i think i had a few false starts with with diaries um, but i kept a lot of sketchbooks and those had kind of diary functions to them um, as as well as tracing a lot of Marvel swimsuit uh, comics.
4: <laughs> You're nothing but a tracer. <laughs> Travis, I want to know about this for you. I'd, I want to know if you had one.
2: Yeah, so I did. So yes, I had a super angsty teen diary and it's, it's gotten out of my control, out of my possession. Um, um. Yeah. Which is terrifying. It was it was in, in storage at my mom's house. And then my brother decided to just go through my things at my mom's house. So he ended up reading he ended up reading this diary. What? No. What? And he, he really liked it. Uh, <laughs> it made him like you more? I think yeah, he really liked it. I don't know where the diary is now. Number one. So it's totally out of my possession. I mean it, it's a cautionary tale, folks. If you write a diary, you need to have it in a burn case. You need to have it in a, in a briefcase that contains, like, lighter fluid and a match. Okay. It's
1: probably already up on Reddit by now.
0: I, uh, I tossed say. out all my old, um, like, teenage sketchbooks and stuff after my mom died. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I went through, you know, I did a big inventory and uh, tossed a ton of stuff out. And then, actually, uh, John, your dad, I posted something on Twitter about that, or on Facebook about that, and your dad offered to, like, no, just mail them to me. Cause he was like, but i was like they're they're gone they're already gone <laughs> but it was nice of your dad to like uh be like that
4: that's <laughs> really that yeah that that yeah. sounds like him It's really sweet so
2: my brother has read this angsty teenage diary but he never brings it up because we never talk so but it wasn't the reason we don't talk as far as i can tell so, yeah, just people, be careful with your teenage diary. <laughs> you need to have it on a burn. What is it? Burn. I don't. I want to say burn notice. That's a TV show.
4: You're imagining like you store it with the implements
2: to, to destroy, destroy it. it. Yeah, like like the old Mission Impossible tapes that would self-destruct.
0: Like a lot of people keep like a fire safe to protect things from fire. <laughs> this is like a fire unsafe.
2: Or you right? could just keep a big a big gallon jar of ink, right? And then you just you just drop the notebook in the ink in the ink ink bucket that's another way too.
1: you just want to booby trap it that's all
2: yeah it should definitely be booby trapped
3: you know it's interesting you bring this up travis because you know how like people's social media history gets brought back up only to hurt them clearly a diary is the same thing like why did you write that down this will only hurt when has a diary ever done something good i think we're a diary right. and frank i mean <laughs> okay I I think it's because we read diaries from the past that make us think that important people must have had diaries. But truly, okay, you got a good exception with the diary of Anne Frank. But I think diaries in general are used to
0: uh, injure people versus help. So overall, on this podcast, we are anti-diary. If you're listening to this and you're keeping a diary right now, toss it. Just be careful. Keep your feelings to yourself.
1: You know, I actually have heard, because I do a lot of resale stuff, there is a market for old diaries, like it, random people, not even like famous people diaries. And uh, I heard a story about a girl that won an auction of this older lady's they're more like planners, but she wrote meticulous notes about what she did every day. And and she read, like, these 13 diaries or notes and got super excited whenever this woman did anything out of the ordinary. Like, it just was <laughs> so intriguing to her of, like, this poor single woman's life is so boring. I want her to, you know, like, explore or do something. So whenever anything unusual popped up in her notes... Uh, it was like a thrill. I
2: mean, it's like, it's like, it's like vlogging, uh, you know, it, it, I I totally understand the appeal because it's like vlogging when you didn't have like a camera, like I, I, I totally get why people would want it.
4: So, uh, Michael, uh, I know that you, you read a lot of management books and that, uh, you've had to be people's boss before. Uh, what did you think of Harmony's management style?
3: Is she a good boss? Well, Harmony has a lot of issues as you know, I think she's, there's a couple of problems. She's clearly suffering from the fact that she's a first time manager. She's never had this responsibility before. You can hear it when she's like, I have to make big decisions, guys. (laughs) Uh, You can really hear it in her voice, her anxiety about the decisions she has to make. Uh, She also, like her councils that she holds or meetings, maybe she calls them, um, are very disorganized. She doesn't have minutes. There's no organization for them. Um, It's not clear when it's whose turn to talk. Like half, I would say like 30% of being a manager is knowing how to have meetings. And she's failing at the meetings thing. She knows that there should be a meeting and that that's when the plans happen. But like, as far as whose turn it is to talk and in what order, and then what, you know, the general why of it is missing. So that was a that was a knock against her. Uh, I think having the people that you sire as your minions is probably not smart because they're there because you sired them and not because uh, you hired them because they're good at the job. So I think like having a lot of it's basically like hiring your family,
0: you know, or friends. I think that's. A I mistake. feel like that's what most vampires have as their minions, right? Is their own sires? That's a Dracula move, right?
3: Yeah, but that's such an unprofessional relationship. I mean, I just gotta say it. Maybe it's normal, but it's so unpro,
0: you know. But it's like I guess I guess I think of most vampire gangs more like a family business than like a LLC. Um, <laughs> oh, I feel so like it's there's a like a book business. of like 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 a like an opportunity for like management books for vampires it'd be like from sired to hired (laughs) (laughs) i gotta i i thought it was really unprofessional to within within earshot of mort be like we're thinking of voting mort out of the gang
3: right also she's very wishy-washy about the rules right like oh it's apparently egalitarian we can vote people in and out but then she decides who's in and out so like that's a fucked up thing that managers do where they pretend that everyone's decision matters and they just make their own decisions so that's what's yeah fuck that
1: it's her first time she's just going on the fly learning as she go goes that's all
3: (laughs) no it sucks this but it's funny like every first-time manager is a Harmony manager, it's just like there's no way to do management without ruining people's lives. Like your first time, you need two years to just ruin like maybe six to eight people's lives and then you're ready for your next management opportunity.
1: When I was a first-time manager, I only had one employee. So I only ruined one person's life for a while. <laughs> then they then they got a different job and then I ruined a different person's life for a little while and then I guess I figured out what I needed to do better. <laughs>
3: That's shockingly forthcoming you... yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah o- older sibling younger sibling dynamic were you buffy or were you dawn
0: uh I was definitely buffy I mean I feel like I'm still dealing with the buffiness of my sibling relationship uh, <laughs> and uh I think as a kid, well I'm I'm the older one. I think as a kid I wasn't as burdened with the responsibility of taking care of my younger sibling, but as an adult I certainly am.
1: I was very very buffy. I was very protective of my younger sibling and uh yeah, I definitely <laughs> I definitely was uh, kind of momming momming my younger.
0: <laughs> How much younger?
1: Uh, three and a half years, almost four years. So when I, uh, left high school, uh, they started high school, which actually, since we're talking about siblings, I should let you guys know that's the reason why I wanted to be on this episode for the podcast, because I really wanted to revisit, um, the beginning of the character of Dawn, because I didn't realize growing up that I had a sister. My sibling is a trans woman now. And when we were little, it was always my little brother. So it's kind of like a surprise. You have a sister all this time and you didn't know it. Hmm. And I I just kind of, I don't know. I got kind of sentimental at the thought. And then I just was really wanted to like rewatch this episode and, and uh, be here to talk with you guys about it because it just, it, it means a lot. My sister means a heck ton to me, and uh, I, th- I just thought it would be cool to rewatch this episode and, and think about like surprise sister.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, so, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, that's about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you were the protective one, even I was, for all time. Yeah. I mean, essentially going back all the way, though. You were yeah, always kind I, of the protective I was one. always
1: a protective one. Our parents divorced pretty young, so. Mm. Having step families on both sides, I just uh, everywhere we went, I just was always kind of the person that stood in front and just was kind of the the per like I just tried to take care of her all the time. So, sounds (laughs) like
0: you were a good sister. I tried, I was like half sometimes, I was good, sometimes I was like tie my brother up to a tree and leave him.
2: (laughs) I don't remember any of those stories, Dennis. You were a good brother. (laughs)
1: We had a little play-fighting stuff, but we were always giggling the whole time that we were, you know, like fighting between a door or something. Like, no, don't get in my room, you know, whatever.
3: <laughs> I feel like a don. My sister is so intense. You just, your sister is younger, but you still yes. felt,
0: felt like the don. Yeah,
3: yeah, she just had more everything, uh, more anxiety about everything, more rage, like. She's the person that you'd go on a vacation like i remember a couple times we went to like turkey (laughs) went on a like a european vacation and she demanded to leave early because she needed to get back to her friends and like i can't imagine what it'd be like as a parent if she was my daughter because my dad was like i guess you can leave and like worked it out for her to leave early (laughs) but he was like oh such a relief You know, because she was just so intense about wanting things her way all the time. And like, you know, with divorced parents, you know, it can be really challenging because you have to like, you kind of have to up your your game as a kid because now like there's two people that maybe aren't talking and so things get very confusing. And so she like, she just upped her game and like in a way that I I didn't, like I didn't know what to do and she just really found herself and like how to get what she wanted and like how to be who she wanted to be. And I really struggled with that. And then, you know, it's funny, even when I, like, I was just talking to her a few, a couple weeks ago, and, like, she had a friend over, and her friend knew everything about me, and I'd never met this friend. And she's just so, like, good at, she, like, has already represented me to so many people that, like, that friend felt like they knew me, and they had never talked to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, she's, like, a younger sister, but, like, so, she's just so on top of it. I don't know what she's in control. Control, yeah. She's
2: always been in control.
3: Yeah. I think I can relate to that.
4: My sister's similarly like, uh, I wanted to be like protective and be uh, be more uh, the adult between the two of us, but I think she was uh, always more mature than me, probably pretty much from the womb. She's five years younger. So like, I feel like there's there's a lot of that going on and, and like always like, like you're saying, Mike, like really like really certain about what she wanted out of any given situation. And I'm always like, I don't know, what are we doing today? <laughs>
3: I I think that's also just like being a male or being a female in our society. And like, you're the oldest male and like, there's kind of this world's as a male, you know, it's just like, you're privileged and it's very much the norm of how the world works. And as a woman, it's not, you know, like, and there's so many more judgments and strange, like strange things the world tries to do. And as a kid, like we still had all of these obnoxious ideas from the boomer generation that we like that we had achieved equality and that everything had been normalized. And so I just see my sister reacting to that world and like being like, no, fuck this. I'm doing this. And no, I'm not going to do that. Whereas the, you know, the world wants her to act and behave a certain way. Right. And like, versus, you know, as the white male, I'm like, it seems great. I don't know what you're complaining about. Everything's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to get tough in, you know, in a way. I think that's very true. And like, yeah, my sister is exceptionally tough. Your sister is really tough. I mean, yeah, she's a badass. It's, it's a- I mean, part of
2: it could be just the younger sibling. So I'm the younger, I'm the younger sibling. All, all y'all are older siblings. So the younger sibling has to fight more for less <laughs> 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 just to let you all know that. Uh, so maybe that was part of it. Just being the younger sibling, you, you, you had to fight, a, you had to vo- your voice had to be a little bit, you had, definitely had to be louder for sure. Um, and for me, I was more the, uh, Buffy character versus the Dawn character <laughs> and, uh, trying to, cause, uh, my brother was, uh, you know, kind of a, kind of a wild guy, uh, and so I was always kind of like the voice of reason kind of, um, uh, rather than being protected. I, I definitely tried to, you know, reel him in, uh, you know, cause he was, he's very outgoing. He's very much different than me. He's very extroverted and outgoing and all these sort of things, but, you know, um, so I can, I can definitely appreciate some of the, your younger siblings being more assertive because they had to.
3: So speaking of siblings, if a vampire got an invitation to your home from your sibling, what would you do?
0: Which by the way, feels like a new rule this episode that only people who live there can do the invite. I don't <laughs> <laughs> remember that rule before. Yeah. <laughs>
4: It makes sense though, because otherwise you just, as a vampire, you'd just be like, get a random person from off the street and be like, invite me into that building.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Such a good topic. Uh, uh, yeah. If my brother invited vampires in the house, I would probably just not be surprised. I'd be like, <laughs> of course he did, because he would also like invite you know random homeless people and religious people into my house. Like when we lived together, you know, there'd be like suddenly a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses in my house. I'm like, ah. Or, like, a homeless guy stealing my stuff, you know? So, this is, uh... Oh, so you be, literally... In a, in a world with vampires, this would only have been par for the course. So I'd be like, all right, call Willow. Let's get an unvitation spell. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, the thing I think of is just, like, when my sister had a party in high school that got out of control for me when parents were gone, and just feeling like I, I, I couldn't... I didn't know what was going on because all these people from other schools were coming to the house and just that feeling of powerlessness. Um, and what do you do? Oh, uh, nothing. Just, to, just to, like hide and take it. you know.
0: I remember, yeah. I remember in college, Liam, my brother would um, throw parties when he, he was in high school and I went to college in the same town. And for some reason, when my brother was in high school, my parents left town a lot more than when I was in high school. And so my brother would throw parties and I would come over and try to like control it a little. Like I definitely remember throwing people out who came with like jello shots to sell. And I was like, get out of the house. <laughs> uh, but I also remember like not controlling it a bunch of times. Being like, this it's out of control and there's nothing I can do. John, you wanna come over? <laughs> Audrey, how would you handle
1: it? Uh well first I'd be surprised because I don't think she really invited that many people over to begin with. <laughs> She's kind of, kind of a, a little bit of a, of a loner homebody playing video games, you know, stuff like that. So I would, if you know, vampires are dangerous. So I would try to make her run away or hide. And I would probably jump and I'd sacrifice myself oh. so my sister could get away. Wow. That's, I just, I had very, very much of kind of like that protector kind of vibe going growing up. I always like made sure she had stuff to eat and I don't know. I just, I kind of like took a very parental role when parents were kind of occupied with other things and busy. So yeah, I would totally, I probably wouldn't scold her. I would be just like, ah, now I got to deal with this. Okay. Okay you t- take care of yourself or I try to either get her out or I would sacrifice myself. One of those things.
0: You're too much. Make me
3: feel. <laughs> yeah. it's so sweet.
2: Uh, right. I, I would just have severe anxiety and just hold on for the ride because there's nothing I could do at that point. I could, I can't change my brother's mind. I never could. I mean, <laughs> so.
0: I think by the time we find out a vampire, was invited into your house, if it was your brother, your brother would already be the vampire. Probably. (laughs) Probably. I'd be like, it's too late now. (laughs) Right. Cause right. Yeah. He
3: would have invited the vampire over to become a vampire. He's like, yeah, let's do it here.
0: It's like, ah, my brother's already raged drinking blood. Like,
3: (laughs) yeah. It
2: would be like a dozen pretenses to have a vampire over. I'm sure.
0: Right. And and there'd be victims already. Yeah.
2: It's too late. Just, just suffer the severe anxiety of, And clean
0: up. Uh, I think this is my favorite questions for the group we've ever done. (laughs) Uh,
3: (laughs) Recommendations.
0: All right. uh, So for recommendations this week, um, I was thinking about unicorns uh, because harmony. So I chose Legend and uh, Blade Runner. And I might have chose Blade Runner for another reason. I don't know. But mostly the unicorns. So that's all I got for Rex. What about um, Spinal Tap? Oh, dude, yeah. We need Spinal Tap. Obviously, yeah. And Empire Strikes Back. Ah, eh, fine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have Empire
3: as a wreck.
4: What if there was somebody out there who has like never seen Empire Strikes Back and they were like, they heard our
3: podcast and they're like, maybe I'll check that out. All right. Dude, you never know yesterday at a movie theater there was um two 16 year old girls talking about our podcast for a moment and uh in the context that they know travis anyway uh okay
4: i thought you just like ran into <laughs> random teenagers
3: who know about our podcast i was like wow we're bigger than we thought anyway they both listened to the podcast and they were commenting and like oh buffy the empire slayer i thought it was going to be like some old cartoon and it's actually really good whoa wow And I was just like, what? (laughs) So, yeah, someone has not had Empire recommended. That's what I'm saying. You could recommend it every day.
0: I actually think because, like, we see more things on streaming and we have more control and we're watching less TV on, like, cable and stuff, like, kids now have a lot less knowledge of older movies than Mm. they had in, like, our generation. Because we were like, oh, there's nothing on. I'm going to watch this older movie. But, like, now, like, a movie that's, like, even five, ten years old is, like, if it's beyond a kid's memory, they have no reason to go out and find it, right? That's very true. A lot of our, like, film
4: literacy was rammed on our throats through parody. It was like, yeah. you want to enjoy Animaniacs fully?
0: Well, you better watch Goodfellas <laughs> five times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot of kids' cartoons that are, like, referencing the works of Martin Scorsese and Jerry Lee Lewis all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no one
3: cares about movies and TV anyway. It's all about what's on, like YouTube trending or Twitter trending. So, like, who cares?
0: All right, recommendations is a useless category. Uh, let's move on to predictions.
1: Virgin predictions.
4: Okay, uh, there's a little bit of cleanup here. Um, because I had to redo the spreadsheet for our new rules and I ran across a couple of things that we should have uh, addressed earlier. So first of all, um, in season two, episode seven, Michael, you said that we will see more humans who want to be vampires. And I believe that we had this because uh, Xander desperately wanted to become immortal via Dracula. So I think we should have addressed this last episode and I think it should be
3: confirmed. What's the jury say?
4: Uh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was under a spell, right? So that's where it's like.
4: Does that not count?
1: He was under a spell that's still slightly affecting him because, yeah, you know, the true. master, uh, Dracula.
2: <laughs> I mean, technically he's right.
3: I mean, if not, it happened on Angel. But I guess Angel doesn't count. No, Angel counts. No, Angel does count. It totally, can- yeah. It the, totally happened on Angel. That movie, yeah. movie Starlet. Right, okay, right. Wow. So so it's it's confirmed. It's
4: twice confirmed. Super confirmed. Uh, At the end of season three of Buffy, you predicted that Wesley will come back from England. So I think that one's confirmed as well. So for this episode, uh, we have, first of all, uh, back in season four, episode 12, Michael, you predicted Giles will get a new car, which he has, he got a used car. But I think we can count this as. Confirmed.
3: Oh damn!
1: <laughs> he did get a new car. It's new it's to much, him.
0: It's much newer than his ancient Rust. Than buddy. his old
4: Citron, yeah. Uh,
1: he,
0: there's an earlier one he predicted. Maybe the new hideout, because clearly this magic shop, right? I don't know about that.
4: I we'll have to see them hang, if they hang out in it or not.
0: What? Uh, oh my god! But, <laughs> uh, I think you had a prediction like early on that Buffy will. The the episode there'll be an episode that begins with Buffy writing in her diary.
4: Yeah. Yes, is there that... is. An episode will open with a reading from Buffy's diary. Now this episode opens with a reading from Dawn's diary, so
0: Yeah. So I wanted to call it denied because like they're not going to do that twice. And Buffy You don't is... know they won't do it twice. Buffy's How do you know they too won't... old now to it. Now they've introduced a new diary. Lots writer.
4: of adults keep diaries,
3: Dennis. This is bullshit. It would be a fun inversion a... because Don's not real to have Buffy read from her own diary. Anyway, this gets to my prediction <laughs> about Don. Anyway, okay, one more prediction. Uh, Michael, in
4: season five, episode one, you predicted that Giles isn't moving to England. I think at this point we can confirm that. He's he's set down roots. He's
0: purchased real estate. So if he ever moves to England,
2: that'd be a separate prediction.
0: I think we should keep this one open.
2: No, but
4: it, it was clearly in the context of season five. I Yeah, I feel like in context it was... Because Giles says, I'm moving. Yeah, and, and then, he then he doesn't move. Down. Yeah. And then he doesn't move. Fine. I think we can confirm this one. Yeah. At this point, Michael, you have a... After that uh, round, uh, your overall percent accuracy is a 62.15. Your accuracy now for season five is at a 75% which puts it at a tie with your best scoring season of all time, which is season two. So we'll see if you can keep that up, if you can make season five your best predicted season.
3: Well, you know, that's that's tough because I think season two is the most typical Buffy season that like personifies what people think of for Buffy and it's off the rails now, so I have no idea. But I have new predictions and I have a super prediction as well. Excellent. So predictions, um, and the super prediction, it's just, it's worth more, right? What was the valuation versus it's five rating? points? Yeah. Five points versus one. Yeah. Great. Okay. So predictions, the Scooby gang will play new board games that will break the basic board game Trinity. The board game Trinity is clue life and monopoly. All right. Those are the basic board games that you're born with in your house. Like you just <laughs> have them. They're free they're everywhere. That's the board game Trinity. It's the Gideon Bible of board games. Next prediction. Harmony will come to Buffy for advice. She needs it.
1: She already went to Dawn to, (laughs) for like, she's asking Dawn about her management style practically. (laughs) So,
3: that's an amazing moment because that's when Harmony's whole world turns on her. She's like talking to Dawn for, yeah, getting some feedback. And then, like, we're going to kill you, boss, (laughs) mortar, whatever. Um, A supernatural monster will appear at Joyce's art gallery, right? She works at an art gallery. We don't know the name of the art gallery, correct? I don't think so. Now, we had the mask villain that she had, like, some stuff from the gallery at home. And then that that was a thing with Pat. Pat ended up being killed. But um,
0: do you like my mask? It raises the dead. Bloody Americans.
3: But I feel like we're seeding some stuff here about the art gallery because there's going to be a supernatural monster from the art gallery. Also from this episode, um, I love Anya's excitement about making money. Anya's going to get a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know how. She's gonna get a lot of money. She something clicked in her brain when she's playing life about making she, figured, she finally figured out life. Well, because she's with Xander who can't figure out money, but she can figure out money. And like I think that will be that'll be really fun to see her figure out money and Xander not figure it out. Even though I say Xander's going to get a career, he will. But Ani's going to figure out money. That's different. Harmony will get a new gang. Because why not? Minions were fun. They'll make fun of it. I think they'll be wiped out very quickly, but that's not important. Harmony will get a new gang. Period. Okay, now I have a couple controversial predictions. Okay. I think Faith is Dawn. I don't know the supernatural explanation for how that is. But Faith is Dawn. Dawn has a secret. What is it? Faith always wanted this childhood. She always wanted what Buffy has. If she found a way to break the timeline so she could start over, this would that would be fucking rad. It may be too cool a choice for the show to do, but Dawn could could be Faith. And then I have a super, and like, she would have no memory of being Faith. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, because she's totally be this other person. Like, she made, like, kind of how Jonathan had the wish. And it's just like, I'm, everyone, I'm amazing. Um, And then I have a super prediction. They are still in the dream from, that to season four. I don't know how they're going to get out of this dream, but they are still in a dream. And I hope it's not a season long dream. That would be insane. Uh, but I, they are still in a dream.
4: Excellent. I'm very pleased. Fascinating predictions, Michael.
3: Fascinating? Oh, hmm. There must all be wrong. <laughs> Normally there's a tell, but if you guys are being quiet, it means I'm close to something. Or
1: It's really hard to not spoil or <laughs> talk at you when you're making these predictions. Like when I'm listening to the podcast, I talk out loud. like. Lo- <laughs> In response to your predictions, <laughs> but I cannot do that here. So, you know, I'm just all just about the poker to... face. Poker mm-hmm. face, keep my lip zipped. This is this is tough cookies right here. Being quiet when you're predicting.
0: <laughs> well, I'm a solid sixty two percent predictor. Yeah, I guess if we really wanted to play it safe, we could stop the video and mute ourselves while you're doing these, but Oh true. We've, we haven't had to do that yet, really. Uh, I, I, I recommend to watch us on YouTube to watch these
3: crazy people's faces because you already know, YouTube <laughs> watchers, listeners, what's going on. Just watch their faces. See who gives away the most. I think you know who it is. Plus, Yeah. All Actually, that's,
0: if you're listening to this on iTunes or something, at least go over to the YouTube um. To look at our faces during predictions. I'm also,
4: I'm fairly sure the people who do do watch the podcast via YouTube instead of the regular audio podcast, I'm pretty sure that we are in a minimized window (laughs) for like 98% of it.
3: (laughs) I think it's an audio only experience for everyone. All right.
4: Well, for us, it
0: gets to be an AV.
3: We have the full AV experience.
0: (laughs) I love looking at all y'all's faces and I wouldn't trade that experience for the world um yeah i think we've already mined themes and deep stuff as much as we're gonna um because uh, questions for the group got real deep and that was really good uh so i think we're gonna sign out uh i've been your host dennis st john uh at d-e-n-i-s-c-o-m-i-x uh my books land of many monsters and many more monster tales and amelia a monsters and girls book are available wherever the internet is found um audrey where can people find you again and what are you up to
1: I'm on Instagram as Zendlerella, Z-I-N-D-L-E-R-E-L-L-A. I I do lots of drawings. I've been working on a lot of pins lately. I make uh, lapel pins, like trading pins and embroidered patches and other kinds of goods. And I'm about to... I, I'm getting really excited because there are some that I'm looking forward to sharing when a lot of the pins that I make for other people, I can't share. <laughs> so I'm finally going to have some pins this year that I get to share. So that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> cool.
0: Are they enamel pins?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like Disney trading pins, stuff like that. Sweet. hmm
0: Uh, Mike, you got a new YouTube video you want to point people towards?
3: Sure, I have a YouTube video all about my experiences playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um my channel is like has a terrible name MP197400, but uh I will change that channel to something cool like my my name, but uh yeah, I, I did a I learned how to play Dungeons and Dragons and run Dungeons and Dragons uh th- earlier this year uh after actually Audrey suggested that uh, I could do it. And so I'm so I excited. Her, I didn't name her in the video, but um yeah, she suggested it, and I, I learned it, and it, it was very fun and very hard. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah, so it's on my YouTube channel.
0: Cool. Uh, and I want to thank uh, you all for uh, listening and talking to us at Buffy Virgin. Uh, you can visit our website, BuffyVirgin.com, for links to our blog, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to hit that like button, rate, and review, and subscribe uh, on the podcast listener of your choice, and we'll see you in hell
3: right don't forget to hit that like button when you see a tweet a tweet or a post that you might offend (laughs) someone on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) don't forget to hurt our feelings